0: welcome back into another edition of college golf talk steve burkowski brentley romine with you i'm getting ready to go to hilton head in a couple of days for the darius rucker intercollegiate i know you're going to be there as well brentley but a little Pivot, little trip south Palm Beach area for the Cognizant Classic. Good to see you in a PGA Tour Media Center.
2: You know, it's been a long time, but I'll be in one next week after the Darius. Really jam-packed travel schedule for, for me these next two weeks. We'll, we're at the Cognizant this week. We got Darius Monday through Wednesday, and then I'm getting in a car and getting back home, going to Bay Hill Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, little Disney trip on Friday in between. Um, the only guy in golf media that I'm not busier than is Steve Burkowski you've been uh, <laughs> you've been gallivanting all over all over the country covering basketball covering golf you were in Chicago is that right last Friday
0: it was I got the call Thursday afternoon wondering if I could get the fr- Chicago on Friday for a Saturday uh, college hoops game little a10 special uh Loyola Chicago George Mason I said heck yeah Gene. Yeah, so nice to- I got I got my picture with Sister Jean. Tim McCormick oh, and great. I went over, introduced ourselves to Sister Jean, 104 years young. She led, before the opening tip-off, the entire arena, genteel arena, about 5,000 sold out uh, there on Saturday in prayer. And she prayed, prayed for everything, but also prayed for a win, and the place erupted.
2: Uh, Did she pray for so- birdies?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's a good question. You know, it, it's funny. I didn't realize maybe that's a bucket list item, but once she got wheeled in by her handler to her spot, Tim McCormick and I got right out of our seat, went right over, uh, and she could not have been more gracious. So that was, uh, a lot of fun, uh, to do. And I've been enjoying my college hoops in between golf here and there. So, Uh, fortunate for those opportunities. You're going to catch up with Ian Gilligan, University of Florida standout, who won it in Vegas. That's coming up on the second half of our show. But we're going to kick it off with a little live golf talk from the standpoint of the enigma that is Anthony Kim, more than a decade away from the game. There had been rumblings, rumors, conversations. He's teeing it up this week uh, on that tour. I'm intrigued he he um boy he had a lot of talent you covered him
2: more than anybody too in college you were doing shows when we still had college central shows every week going and hanging out with ak in the mid-2000s what was that what was that like
0: uh one of my all-time favorites he was a character he uh as he would probably admit learned some things along the way made some mistakes got suspended for the better part of a fall semester. And if memory serves, when he was reinstated that following spring, he went out and won his first two tournaments by like 10, 15, 20 shots combined. Um, a pure gifted golfer. Um, you always wonder if more time was put in, but, you um, I shared it with you. I go back to those college central days, 2007. So you have to be a real diehard to remember those things. And one of the highlights, uh, the last segment of those shows, we would have a campus tour with maybe a man and woman from the respective golf teams. And Anthony Kim, when we made our Oklahoma run was going to do it for the Sooners and for us. And, Unfortunately, my father had prostate cancer and I was going up to New York to be there for the surgery. So we handed it off to our capable staff and I was at Sloan Kettering, New York City. My dad's on the operating table and I see my producers calling me and thinking, OK, he probably has a question for me. And I pick up the phone and I say hello and I get, oh, you're too big time to come to Norman to hang out with me. And it's Anthony Kim. And I explained why I was not there. And he said, I know why you're not here. I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of your father. I'm thinking of your family sending thoughts and prayers. We're looking at a 19, 20, 21 year old kid. My father is getting uh, prostate cancer surgery at that moment. Uh, for me, he was good in my book will always be good in my book and I'll, Button it up by saying a year or two later he's on tour, he's sort of this flavor of the week who's this up and comer. And my dad, who I lost last year, said, How's that Anthony Kim kid? Nice guy. And I told him the story, and my dad got a little choked up, said he's good in my book, too.
2: What a story! I mean, it's yeah, it's stories like that because you know, when we cover the game at these lower levels like college and junior golf and covering u.s amateurs and u.s juniors like i remember us both being at martis camp in 2012 for scotty scheffler when he was just a little shaver beating davis riley in the final it's amazing kind of developing those relationships early and getting to know these guys before there's so much around them when they turn professional and just those little you know, writing a thank you card or sending a text, like saying, Hey, thank you for a great story or whatever. Like those things we definitely keep with us. And, you know, that story that you just told about Anthony Kim, like Anthony Kim will always, as you said, like he'll always be one of your guys because, you know, he took the time to kind of make it personal and, and, and reach out. But I, I'm just intrigued. Like, I don't know how he's going to go, going to play. He could shoot 79. He could shoot 71. 69, 68, who knows, Um, but I will say nothing will surprise me, and talking with some of the guys who were on those, not the Oklahoma teams that he played on, but mid-2010s when AK was in hiding, he would show up frequently at uh, the Sooners team facility in Norman, and there was one story I thought was pretty funny, and I'll share it real quick the year that they won the national title. So that was the, what, the 2016-17 season. A couple of the guys show up and Anthony Kim is hitting balls at their facility. And he's got a Mickey Mouse t-shirt on, Dodgers hat. <laughs> By that time, he had the sleeve of tattoos and the long hair. And I guess he hadn't played in about two years at that point. And he had TaylorMade send him a new set of irons and a driver. So he only has a driver and a three-iron through pitching wedge. Half of them are still on the wrapper. And he says, hey, you guys want to go and play nine holes? So they go to Jimmy. They play nine holes. He hits every green, shoots two under par, beats everybody. And half the clubs are, are still on the wrapper. And one of the one of the guys on that team told me it was like he had been playing every day for five years. So he's 38 years old now. He's a dad. Um, time may have passed him by, but it's going to be fun to watch. I know you're going to tune in.
0: I i I literally just talked to my wife and we were talking about Anthony. She's like, I've not watched a second of live golf. And I said, well, I haven't watched much more than that either. I'm intrigued. He could be go playing the Suncoast tour one day event down the road. He's, He's special. He's different. He always marched to the beat of his own drum. Didn't care for the most part, seemingly what others thought of him. And maybe that was a, a positive or negative, but uh, yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued, and uh, Anthony Kim uh, truly one of my favorites uh, for a variety of reasons. So it's going to be interesting to see how 2024 plays out for him. Uh, quick look at some of the action on the women's side: uh, Kansas with an eight, uh, excuse me, a six-shot win over Oklahoma to win the Westbrooks so or the Jayhawks. Uh, rolling along a little bit here in uh, late February, early March. Scary to think, Brentley, we're less than two months away from conference championships. It's happy leap year, by the way. So if you have a birthday today, you sort of get hosed uh, the next three years. But it's March first tomorrow. You stay young tomorrow. forever.
2: You stay young forever.
0: Is that like uh, what was it, Benjamin Button, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button? Right? Does was he, he go born old? On all the oh, I don't know. I just or, know he went old. I thought he was a time younger. traveler. Yeah, didn't he one t- of those. Didn't he time changes? travel. Yeah. Speaking of time uh,
2: travel, if if you <laughs> could, real quick, if you could time travel back to
0: one college golf tournament, what would it be? Wow. I've been to too many of them <laughs> uh, for the last 25 years. I guess Tiger winning a 96 at the honors.
2: Yeah, that that would be a good one. Apparently, he shot 80 in the final round
0: that year. He did, yeah. Big lead, I supposedly. I think weather was an issue, win, something. Mm -hmm. I want to say Rory Sabatini came in second. Um, Now we're really going on a sidebar. (laughs) Uh, There was a college event, late 80s, early 90s. Arizona, Arizona State playing in the final grouping Phil Mickelson, Manny Zerman, his high school buddies at Arizona, Phil's at ASU. Um, if I'm paraphrasing my memories and recollections, Phil, in the last fairway, asked for relief for some casual water. Manny Zerman said, no, nope, I don't see it. Play it as it lies. Um, making up the numbers, but we'll call it 170 yards, six, seven, eight iron. Phil says, "Okay." They went back and forth. No relief. Phil holds out for eagle from the fairway to win the tournament. Rick LaRose, long yeah, Rick LaRose, a longtime Arizona coach, who's on my Mount Rushmore of storytellers, said, "Hey Manny, next time Phil asks for free relief, give it to him." So just just to maybe see that interaction <laughs> uh, would have been a lot of fun. Uh, what about you? As words, I want to go back to rails.
2: We are, but we can easily get back on. But I, I want to go back to the Bulls Bay event where Titleist the bull got loose and started running around the greens and fairways and wreaking havoc on college golf for the better part of an hour before they corralled him. I think that would be that would have been a fun one to be there and write the story, just putting in all the color and everything that you observe. Uh, that that one would be good. But in terms of the one that we all talk about, 2012 Riviera, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. That would be cool to relive that again. But we can get yeah. back on the rail. We, we
0: can yeah, get Yeah, well, we're back trying. We we're we're having some fun. We, we got, got the, the Darius next week. And, and I didn't even realize this morning, I got my swinging cocky add on, uh, courtesy of Kalen uh, Anderson. appreciate that. And, and for those that didn't know, I started my professional career in Columbia, South Carolina. Out of college for four and a half years, but thrilled to go back to Hilton Head. You look at this field, probably top two or three of the spring Mm -hmm. season in terms of strength. You've got South Carolina. You've got LSU coming off that win. Wake, banged up, injured. Can they rebound? I mean, I think there's a lot of wonderful storylines, and I'm going to keep circling into LSU. Uh, I said it on the golf central hit a couple weeks ago. We discussed it here on the pod uh, a few days ago. I think they're the outlier. They, they are forget the rankings six, eight, 10th, whatever they are. You've got Ingrid Lindblad. You have Latana stone. You have Carla Tejedo. Uh, I'll double down on the fact. They remind me of the Florida men a year ago, the big three built for this last hurrah. If they can keep going front and center here, uh, I'm intrigued to see if they can continue to uh, to build uh, on what they did at the Moon Golf uh, about 10 days ago.
2: Well, they're now fourth in the country. So okay. the
0: rankings are
2: catching up. I mean, honestly, they're, they've they looked, you could make a case that they're the number one team in the country right now, as you said, and you add Anya Don- Donning to that mix. Whoever the fifth player is, we'll get a look. Um, I- I'm sure we'll get a look at Jordan Fisher next week. Uh, maybe Edith Hertzman gets her way into the lineup after contending for much of that Darius record last year, if they could get anything from that fifth spot, like they got a big four. Um, so I, I, really am, am high on, on the tigers. Um, but anyone can win this tournament. I mean, there are stars and studs like throughout these lineups. I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of these teams lift a trophy but let's play a little game, Burko. Let's do: should win, could win, probably won't win. We won't say won't win because we don't yeah. we don't like to be that uh, that that mean on on this podcast. But who are your who are your three?
0: Ooh, who should win? Uh, I'm going to say South Carolina. Granite Hilton Heads two and a half hours from Columbia, so it's not That's a home game. But yes, they've got a very good lineup. They have success there, so I'm going to say they should win. And that's an easy default who could win. I I'll go to right to LSU. I think LSU could win and very likely might win or will win. However you want to do that, which team would quote unquote struggle to win would need to, I'd say wake forest right now, not knowing the injury situation of Mimi Rhodes, who had to withdraw the last couple of rounds um, at uh, the moon golf uh, Carolina Shikara, who won this individually a couple years ago, she's battling some nagging injuries. So, um, I think they're looking to hopefully just get five healthy players together is what I'm hearing through the grapevine.
2: Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't have their best stuff last year at, at this tournament. And so it's a, another loaded field like the moon golf. I'm, I'm with you. They could finish 10th very easily. Like, um, but I would say should win LSU. They're, they're loaded, and they are actually the defending champs. I thought South Carolina won last year, but that
0: was Mat- uh, Matilde. Yeah, you're right. yes, Matilda won, but you're right. I We got suckered into that. I just went along with your fake news. <laughs>
2: it, it definitely is fake news. I, I would say here's a squad that I think is only going to continue to get better as Anna Davis gets more comfortable in college golf. I think Auburn, um, Megan Schofield played really well at this event last year. They could win. In a team that has a lot of work to do, and I think not just next week, but the entire rest of the spring, is Mississippi State. They lost a lot of veteran presence, experience from last year's team that made the NCAA championship. They have to be more than just Julia Lopez Ramirez. She is a top 10 player in the country, probably top three when she's on, but they got nothing else right now. They have one other player ranked in the top 100. Three players ranked in the top 200 something. Like they need to fill out that lineup quickly. Otherwise, they might not even make match play at the SEC championship the way they're going.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good one to watch. I know we uh, both will enjoy being there uh, as we pivot from the women to the men. Again, a few minutes away, Brentley's going to catch up with Ian Gilligan from the University of Florida. So you uh, want to hang around for that. PGA Tour you rankings are out. New number one, Christo Lamprecht. Um, we were waiting. We talked about it. The results are now paying off. Uh, and with Christo and Thor Bjornson, Michael Thor Bjornson from Stanford, separating themselves, uh, not going to say anyone 3 through 10 can't make a run. Uh, I have a feeling Christo is just going to continue to extend this lead.
2: I mean, he's got the he's got the height. He's got the power and he's a lot healthier than Michael is. I, I'm still not fully convinced that Thor is a hundred percent. Um, he could prove me wrong, but it's hard to play golf when your back's bothering you. And so I think Christo, you know, he,
0: I think we'll see him on the PGA tour, uh, this summer. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, a, a, the dynamic within the whole race, uh, to the postseason. Uh, but we've had Christo on the pod, uh, great young man. And obviously, uh, a physically gifted uh individual the headliner vegas southern highlands one of my favorite events jim delaney his entire crew always does such a great job and how about oklahoma the men ryan hibble the sooners find a way to get the job done auburn was right there finishing second they're back to number one in the country and um to me, th- those are two huge statements for the Sooners, which seemingly looking at the scores, the second day was very tough. They, that's sort of their staple. Roll up their sleeves, find a way to post the score. And then when they had to shoot a good one, uh, they held off Auburn coming down the stretch. But for the Tigers to go out there, be right in the mix, um, maybe the tandem of the Tar Heels and Commodores legitimately has to be discussed as a three-headed monster in terms of the best team in the country.
2: Yeah, and I think it was important for Auburn to get J.M. Butler back in the lineup. Didn't play well, tied for 64th, but you know, he, he's got to get some confidence back. And if he can, they might be the number one team in the country. I mean, Brendan Valdez continues to play well. Jackson Corbin going to be the player of the year. I'm ready to – or freshman of the year. I'm ready to call it already. Um, but Oklahoma, right, I've been off the bandwagon for so long. I'm finally ready to jump back on Burko or jump on for the first time. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in the Sooners. I mean, these guys are are tough kids. They don't let a lot phase them. Uh, Jay Summy is is becoming a guy who was a solid contributor as a freshman last year. To he could be the next star of this team. Drew Goodman is playing like the leader that he should be. I mean, they didn't even have Luke Kluver in the lineup, who was arguably their best player in the fall. So, um, again, I, I'm with you. Two huge statements by two really good teams, but. I would. I, I'm willing to throw Texas into that mix, Burco. A solo third. They finished ten shots back of first. You get Tommy Morrison, Nathan Petronio, the SMU transfer, both top tens. This was a <laughs> team.
0: Excuse me, sorry. I tried, the, I tried to hit the mute button. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't find it.
2: rookie. Rookie move. Couldn't find the the, the mute button. Uh, it's it's hidden in the the stream yard. You got to really know where to look. But um, th- this was a team in Texas that was was shot after coming back from Hawaii. I mean, they had no confidence uh, from what I hear. John Fields was very frustrated. Um, I don't know if he quite read them the, the riot act, but, um, you know, it, 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 seems like he, he, he cracked down a little bit, uh, tightened the screws, got these, uh, guys a little kick in the butts and, and they responded. So Texas could be a team now that we're no longer worried about, you know, maybe they're finally starting to grow up and, and become a team that could, that can
0: make match play again. North Carolina finishes 7th did Didn't Oof. necessarily see that Pepperdine good start. They fall off Arizona state 14th and when Yi ding, welcome to college golf, the tremendous first couple of events. He struggled out there in Vegas. So you can take a lot from this tournament. Again, it's just, 54 holes in three days, but, uh, teams trending in the right direction. And, you know, I still will keep leaning into Vandy, uh, you know, North Carolina, you, you had a round where Dylan Minetti played awful. Then the next day, Austin Greaser played awful. If you're going to win it all, those guys need to play well every day. In my opinion.
2: I agree. I mean, they didn't have a single player finish better than T29. That's, um, and they had all their guns, the Ford twins, Peter Fountain, also in the lineup. Again, it, it's easy to maybe just chalk this one up to a bad week. And I'm willing to do that so far, but um, certainly have shown that, you know, maybe exposes them just a little bit, that they're not invincible. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out, burgo it seems like Vanderbilt, no matter what they do, they're just stuck at number three in the rankings. They Like, they just can't they can't seem to climb. I don't know what they have to do. Um, I don't know if Auburn and, and North Carolina have to get rid of their men's golf programs, but it seems like Vanderbilt is just kind of being, uh, kind of being jammed a little bit by the uh, rankings so far.
0: You know what that number three might mean that they're going to win three matches in match play at the national yeah. championship. So, uh, those I'll numbers
2: su- I'll subscribe to that.
0: Yeah. I won't get caught up in that individually in Gilligan. Picks up medalist honors in Las Vegas. With that, some perks come along the way as you're able to catch up and spend some time with the recent winner of the Southern Highlands Collegiate.
2: I'm pleased to be joined by the man of the week, the man of the hour, Ian Gilligan, Jr. from the University of Florida, fighting Gators. Uh, fresh off a, a huge victory, a big time victory, Ian, at the Southern Highlands Collegiate in Vegas. A little bit of a home game for you just you know just down the uh you know down the the state native of reno but first off congrats thank you yeah super stoked and we also have to uh you're you're celebrating for another reason too you just turned 21 i believe it was yesterday first off happy birthday and then how do you celebrate a college win in the 21st birthday can you can you (laughs) maybe peel back the curtain just a little bit? for us
3: yeah um yeah obviously it was pretty special uh going into the week i knew like um it would be pretty cool to have a team win or an individual win and be able to like celebrate my birthday too but obviously with the tournament of that caliber it's you know it's your expectations it's tough to be trying to expect a win um but yeah obviously to be able to win and have my birthday um it was pretty special and um yeah me and the team had a I had a fun time celebrating and um, yeah, it was really fun. So, you know,
2: your coach, JC Deacon, he's kind of like the mayor of Las Vegas. He played at (laughs) UNLV, was an assistant there. He knows all the good, good spots. Where does he take you guys after, after your big win for dinner? Or did you head straight to the airport?
3: Yeah, well, no, we actually had a lot of time, but coach just asked me like where I wanted to go. And I was, honestly, I didn't really know um, where to go. And so he was like, um well yeah just we'll drive down this one street and then at first we wanted to go to uh, a pf chang's uh and then it was like packed so then um we went to california pizza kitchen uh which is it's pretty good i like it a lot um so yeah that was a good way to celebrate
2: so california pizza kitchen has probably the best frozen pizza as well the barbecue chicken Frozen pizza. You go to Publix. Sometimes it's on sale. You can get buy one get one free. The best yeah. for for those who you know sometimes don't don't like to cook. It's a it's a good quick meal in the oven. Well, uh, let's talk about your win in Vegas. I mean, a big time field, as I said. You know, North Carolina's there, Arizona State's <coughs> there, with Winnie Ding, the star freshman, who's number one player in college golf. You got off to a hot start. How are you able to? Continue to keep everyone at bay and ultimately hold off Jace, Jace, Summy, and company for the win.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, going in, um, I had been playing pretty good golf in tournaments in the in the spring. Um, I was close to winning our first two events, the Seabest and then our home event, the Gator. Um, and then in the tournament, yeah, obviously, like I, I started off pretty good with the five under. Um, my putter, my putting was really good. And I think that kind of helped me throughout the week because especially the second round when it got really windy, um, it was tough to hit the, hit the balls close Um, greens firmed up. So you really had to just kind of stay patient and just do everything you could to get the ball on the green. And then, you know, if you're making par, you're really happy. Um, And, but I think it's kind of my putting was really the key this week. Um, I was able to make a lot of key par saves and, and then, you know, when in that second round, when it started to get tough, I made a lot of nice mid-range putts that kind of kept momentum going um, and kept the round together. Um, but I think, yeah, that was the key. Did it remind you of home a little bit? Just the, you know, the
2: type of golf course, maybe some of the conditions, the climate.
3: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's definitely a similar scenery with the, the desert style um, in in Reno, um, but. Uh, yeah, the course, the course was, uh, I hadn't really played something like that, just with how firm and narrow the fairways were. Um It was really tricky to find fairways without hitting like, you know, pretty much a perfect tee shot on some holes, just because it's, there's a lot of holes where you're forced to shape it a lot to find the fairway. And then um, when the wind started picking up, the fairways were just really firm and fast. So, um, you know, that really put a premium on really being patient. And, you know, when you're in the rough, you got to just be thinking front edge to front third and then just be okay with that. Um, but yeah. When did you realize that the winner gets a PGA tour exemption into the Shriners open later this year? Uh, yeah, well, I I knew kind of going into the week because, um, when Yushin did it last year, obviously he got to play in the PGA tour event in the fall. So we were all like watching him. Um, in the fall so i knew uh, i knew going in um which is you know kind of an, a little bit of an added pressure during the week but um yes yeah, it's a uh, pretty pretty sweet i'm really looking forward to it so what do you tell your family after you win
2: and knowing that they're going to get to watch you at tpc Summerlin here in a few months and not it's not your hometown event but it is a, a home state uh kind of a home game for you but what what was that conversation like and have you got a chance to imagine what it's going to be like.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And my parents were really excited. Um, my, yeah, my mom really didn't even know that I got an exemption and then she, my dad told her and yeah, she was just really stoked. Um, uh, but yeah, it's really special. Obviously a thing when you get in an exemption, a PJ event, then like everyone's like, Oh man, this is like a big deal. Uh, you know, like obviously winning a college event, but maybe some of the outsiders don't know like how big that college event is. But then when you say like, I got an exemption to PJ event, they're like, oh man, like, um, so I had a lot of reactions like that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I've thought a little bit about it. Like, it'll be really cool to be able to play. Um I played in a corn free event when I was younger um, and that was really special. Um, so I think I mean, even though it was a long time ago, I think that'll help slightly with some experience. But obviously, PGA is a little different. And, you know, when you're hitting balls next to players you watch on TV, that'll be um, pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Will it be a uh, emotional week for you, you think? Um, I think, I mean, maybe a little bit, but I think I'll be, you know, trying to compete and... I will want to play my best. So I think I'll definitely be, you know, trying to take it in and um, be pretty excited. But I think kind of knowing that, like, that'll be less than a year once it's um, that week of the PJ event, I'll know it's probably going to be less than a year when I have to pretty much be competing um, for my job for on that level of golf. I think I'll be taking it pretty seriously. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be trying to play my best trying to earn those PGA
2: tour university points yeah, as, exactly. as well. Now your backstory has been well-documented. You know, we caught up last year when you were still at Long Beach state, when you were the number one player in college golf for a couple weeks. Um, but for, for those who don't know, you obviously were diagnosed with lymphoma at age 15, a very rare kind, something like, you know, 20 kids a yeah. year. Um, around the world, get it? Um, you were a sophomore, a rising sophomore in high school. Can you just take us through um, the journey from being diagnosed? Kind of what the what the battle was like, and you know when you were able to to kind of ring the bell and and become a kid again?
3: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was definitely a tough uh, couple of months. Um, I know my parents went through a lot. Um, you know, like it's definitely different when you have to go through it yourself. Right around like the end of my freshman year and I just kind of noticed some stuff being painful. And then obviously I got a biopsy and they found it was cancer. Um, And then, you know, kind of, there was like about a month and a half period where they kind of were trying to figure out what type it was. And then finally I had about like seven months of treatment Um, and I would spend around like a week and a half in the hospital and then get two weeks off um, and so, yeah, it, you know, I didn't, it was obviously not very fun um, being in the hospital. Um, but, you know, once I was uh, able to hit balls again, because I really wasn't able to play golf for a two month period just because of my pain in my left armpit. Um, but kind of right when I did the treatment started, it, it went away immediately, which was really cool to see. And then I was able to start playing golf and hit balls with my friends, which is really helpful but um, yeah, once um, you know, they told me that I was I was free and got to ring the bell it was pretty special. Um, and then you know, I was just yeah, obviously happy to be able to go back to school and and practice and play competitive golf again. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely a journey, but it's uh, pretty cool to be able to just be still competing at a high level.
2: Is there a moment that sticks out that when you look back? Uh gives you the most
3: gratitude for where you are right now Ooh, um I think I think uh maybe not even that far back like just like even even in the fall this this year um you know I was like I felt like I was kind of struggling um obviously transition period from Long Beach to Florida but um I didn't I wasn't really getting the results that I wanted and um like kind of was you know there was just times where i was pretty disappointed and obviously knowing it's the start of like PJ tour u counting um so i knew you know that this is like pretty much the most important two years that i'm probably gonna have um in terms of getting good status so i think even like close periods like in the fall um and just being able to see where i've gotten now is it's pretty cool um kind of because i was definitely at a some some tournaments, like after SECs, for example, I just played really bad there and kind of let the team down. I was pretty disappointed. Um, but, you know, I put in a lot of hard work. Um, and so it's pretty gratifying to see where I've gotten today and um, looking forward to the future.
2: I'm sensing a little bit of a trend because I remember your last season at Long Beach State, you didn't make the lineup for the first event and then you go in and win each of the next two times. So there's something yeah. about Something about the adversity that you tend to, to come out better on the other side. But, you know, we talk about Long Beach State. And you spent two years there. You were a runner-up at conference as a freshman. The breakout year last year. What made you decide to leave? And ultimately, why did you settle on uh, – well, I guess settle is not the right word. But why did you pick uh, the Florida Gators?
3: Right, yeah. Um, yeah, my first two years at Long Beach were really great. Um, I loved everything about it, the weather. Um, we had really good facilities that were really close to campus. Um, but obviously it kind of just came down to the PJ Tour U for me. Um, and just, you know, having like a an elite schedule like Florida does um was pretty important. Uh it's just really tough to compete against some of the players when you have a schedule that's just a little bit worse than theirs. Um and so that it just really was that was the only reason. Um but, yeah, and then kind of what made me decide Florida was um, I really liked the coaches, J.C. and Dudley. Um, you know, Jud- Dudley has so much experience playing pro golf, and uh, he's been really influential in um, me deciding to come here as well as since I've been here. I've learned so much uh, through him and obviously J.C. as well. I love J.C. He's been really good. Um, and then the facilities were really, really close by to campus. Um, and obviously the weather has been very good. Um, I would say that. And then um, we have a really good dining hall. That's that was like a nice bonus. Um, That's really close. But yeah, those are the main reasons that I decided to come here. And um, it's been a really great decision.
2: How much weight have you put on with the new dining hall?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think I've put on like at least 10 pounds, but it's, probably all, it's some... probably
2: all muscle though. You yeah, hopefully it's good, muscle. <laughs> you have a good strength, strength facility there yeah Uh, yeah
3: we have a really good trainer who's uh he pushes us pretty hard um so that's also been really helpful what was your first workout like and i'm sure you probably weren't used to
2: being pushed quite like that were there were there any tears did you did you throw up maybe a little in your mouth
3: yeah well I, i don't know our first workout was was uh it's generally pretty like light but then we've had some some uh if you ever heard of the echo bike um it's this bike where you, it's basically just a normal bike, but you also have to be moving your arms. And we've had some, some brutal workouts on that, uh, where, you know, pretty much everyone's throwing up during the workout. Um, and yeah, so those, those are uh, not, not too enjoyable at 6.00 AM, but you get through it and uh, it's, it's better, good for you. Yeah. The price you pay to, to
2: potentially be great. Uh, I, I texted JC just a little bit ago and, um, I said, what, what stands out about Gilly? And he said, you know, the, the, the kid works his tail off. How how many hours are we talking about every day? And, um, can you, can you give us a little bit of insight on maybe what your, your, your day-to-day routine is in terms of getting better in golf?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty, it's pretty day-to-day. Um, but you know, pretty much whenever I don't have class or, um, Like I'm not, I have some other obligation I'm trying to be practicing or playing. Um, And, you know, generally, like every night before I have um, a day ahead of me, I'll I'll already have it planned out. So, Jay, know, like, for example, like on a Monday, I'll have study hall from like 925 to 1030 or 1025 so generally
2: five five minute increments, that's that's that shows that, that you're really organized.
3: Yeah. So I, I just try and um I'll generally just get to the dining hall at like seven and then I'll eat for like 30 minutes and try and just like maybe do some putting from like eight to nine twenty. And then I'll um I'll head to my study hall and then I'll probably generally have about like an hour and a half or maybe an hour until I go to lunch. So I'll just probably maybe work on chipping for 45 minutes and then head over to lunch. And then if it's a qualifying day or practice, then generally I'll have to head to the course and we'll play qualifying for the rest of the day, or we'll have team practice. I would say that's a general day and then probably have to do some schoolwork in the night. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, pretty much whenever there's light out, I'm trying to practice. So, so there's not many hours for, you know other
2: things but if if you had to do something besides golf if you're not doing school you're not doing golf what do you spend an hour doing to kind of relax or you know just switch things up a little bit
3: yeah um i mean i i, I like to play video games but like honestly what you think
2: pokemon guy last year you still yo still oh yeah last pokemon? year yeah
3: i i kind of i haven't been playing much now but
2: um i i'll new Pokemon
3: play on a probably walking around with. It. <laughs> yeah i i'll play on my ps5 sometimes but i haven't been much doing much recently but i do like video games and then uh i like going to the gym sometimes with um with the buddy or just by myself i find it kind of enjoyable um so i'd say probably one of those two things
2: the the telltale sign that you aren't playing enough video games is every time you log on the PS five and you got to wait like an hour for it to update. That's when you know that you haven't been playing it very much. (laughs) It's probably no worse feeling in the, in, in the entire world (laughs) than than that. But let's talk about, you know, practicing and parts of your game that have gotten better. What's, what's the biggest improvement you think that you've made in your game since you've been in Gainesville?
3: Yeah, um, I think uh, over winter I I um, kind of made a point to some, gain some clubhead speed um, because I just also like noticed I kind of had lost some speed. I'm not sure why during the fall, um, and then also I mean when you play with Crystal Hemprick, like you kind of just realize you probably need to hit it farther. So I played against him at East Lake. And he was just smashing it by me, and I was like, I mean, he just has With such the two an, iron, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got such an advantage, um, and so I, I, you know, I got a lot more speed, um, probably around six, seven miles an hour ball speed, and that was very helpful. Um, I noticed the difference pretty much right away at the Patriot, and then which you think, won,
2: you yeah.
3: Won <laughs> and then I think um, putting also my speed. Getting that kind of cleaned up because that was a little bit uh, a little bit up and down um, in the fall, so that's been um, a big point of focus. Um, and then I think I worked a lot with uh, JC on wedges and kind of using different clubs for shorter distances, which helped flight it um, a lot better and just lower spin. So when you get on softer greens, it's just dangerous when you're hitting you know a lob wedge from hundred yards. Um, And then I think probably one of the final things is, like, um, kind of coming to Florida when you're in that Bermuda rough, it's easy to just send balls over the green, which I've done way too much. Um, And so Dudley, uh, he's helped me a lot with that, Um, kind of just using different ways to kind of get more control out of the rough. So, you know, if you don't want it to fly as much, try and maybe hit a little bit of a fade to add some spin. Um, And if you want the ball to jump, you know, try and hit a draw and it'll it'll jump hard. So little things like that has been really helpful. Um, But I think those have been the main things. Now, for those who haven't paid attention to
2: college golf the last, I don't know, 15 years, you're following a very similar path of a current top 10 player in the world professionally. and Xander Shoffley, who started at Long Beach State, goes to San Diego State, a little bit bigger of a pond. And then flourishes, you know, you know, plays well in the amateur scene, turns pro and look where he's at now with a Ryder Cup. How much did kind of come to Florida now and now having the success this spring, how much has that validated kind of where you are in terms of your talent level? Because it's one thing to do it in the Big West Conference. It's, an, it's another right. thing to do it at the Southern Highlands Collegiate. Just how much right. has that validated yourself?
3: Yeah, definitely a lot. Um, I think, you know, since I've been here at Florida, like I've been I feel like I've been challenged, you know, pretty much every day by my teammates and coaches. Um, like I think coach was hoping like from when I came in that I would be kind of one of the top guys. And um I felt like sometimes in the fall I, I was playing below my ability and what he was hoping for when I transferred in and Um, obviously I was a little disappointed with that. And I think, um, but now being able to kind of play up to what my expectations were and even beyond it um, has been pretty awesome. Um, And yes, like you said, it's obviously, um, it feels very good, you know, being able to translate it from um, Long Beach into Florida and keeping the good play up because it's definitely a lot different playing it, you know, the Southern Highlands collegiate, um, just cause it's, you know, it's probably one of the biggest college events of the year. So to be able to, um, you know, translate it and just keep up the good play has been, uh, really gratifying.
2: The thing that stands out to me about Southern Highlands golf club, very pristine, like perfectly manicured, kind of like another golf course that might host a major championship, Augusta national, your teammate though, hasn't played it. Is that right?
3: Yeah. 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 He, he, he did, um, he did one really cool thing, uh, Matthew Chris because so obviously they won the national championship last year. So our coach coach said that um, there would be a limited amount of players that were going to be able to go, um, and he said that Matthew and uh, John Dubois would be playing um, in uh, at Augusta just because they earned it, which is you know obviously very understandable and and so. Um, so then he he said that, you know, the upperclassmen are probably going to go. And I was kind of like right on the cut line. And um, but then Matthew, we had a team meeting and he he said that um, he wanted to give his spot to me, which I was pretty um, taken aback by. Obviously, I was like, you know, you don't have to do that. Like you earned the spot. Um, but he he heard that like I had wanted to play as my make a wish um, when I had cancer and um, they weren't able to do it. So he he gave me his spot, and then um, yeah, I got to play, which was uh, pretty amazing of Matthew to do. How'd you play? Uh, I played pretty good, actually. I shot two under, um, which was there pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun day.
2: Well, uh, Ian, uh, congrats again! Happy birthday. Um, congrats on the under par round at Augusta and hopefully that translates a little bit to TPC Summerlin, uh, fall, but good luck the rest of the spring. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, no problem.
2: And for those listening at home or in your car, uh, this is another episode of college golf talk. We appreciate everyone's support and we'll see you again next week.